Sag Harbor Schools Board of Education meeting, Monday, March 6th, 2023. Number one, there are uh, papers on your chairs with the full rules for public input one. I will give a summary. Any group or organization wishing to address the board must identify a single spokesperson. Speakers have up to three minutes. Speakers will address remarks to the president. Speakers will conduct themselves in a civil and respectful manner. Speakers will not address personnel or students. If a speaker wants to speak a second time, they may speak at public input too. And the board president has the right to discontinue public input at any time. Also, if you're going to be speaking this evening and you have specific questions, please give it to, those, to us and we'll attempt to answer them um, at the end. There's also a piece of paper at the podium for your name to be written and in print for the record. So at this time, if there's anyone who would like to come up for public input number one, now is the time to do so. Scott, is there anyone on? Yes. Okay, great. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, this is Michelle Leo. I'm uh, so I'm a resident of Sag Harbor and I'm just showing up via Zoom today. I apologize, you can't see me, I'm actually driving. Um, and I just wanted to let the um, board know um, that I am in favor of the Marsden acquisition um, uh, by the school. And I have been working diligently to try and support the efforts that we um, previously underwent to push forth the November 3rd vote. I want to thank uh, Mr. Nichols and everyone else who has um, shown up for, I uh, am sorry for what happened to you on 228 for how you were spoken to and treated by um, members in the room. And I just want you to know that we stand fully behind you. And also furthermore, um, it would be, uh, it's my opinion and I would like to see it happen that the school potentially puts this up for a bond regardless. Um, if the naysayers win by all means, Let's keep going. I'm happy, happy to contribute my tax dollars to the process. I I'll start the GoFundMe for the extra dollars. I'm all in. Let's get this property for the school. So just wanted that to be on public record and for whoever is listening and whoever is in the room to know that there are community members who stand behind this very fully and completely. And thank you for all of your efforts to date. That's all. Great. Thank you, Michelle. Anyone else? That's it. Okay. Um, we're going to go to uh, President's comments. Um, I don't have any comments, but I believe Alice would like to. Yeah, I'd like to say a few things about Mars. Then. Okay. I'm going to speak from the podium. Great. Turn around. It's a sad day in Sag Harbor. A sad day in Sag Harbor when the Southampton Town Board has $11 million for a group of academics from Texas 
to come up here and bloviate about John Steinbeck, but they got nothing for our kids. This newspaper to me sums it all up. Here's Tommy John Scavone and Jay Schneiderman. Big smiles on their faces, hobnobbing with artists and celebrities, congratulating themselves about the Steinbeck purchase, but they don't even have the courage to vote on what's happened in Marsden, something they've repeatedly committed to. They voted and approved this offer. We've had communications from both Scavoni and Schneiderman committing to this, and they drag it out month after month after month and won't even vote on it. Disgraceful. For what reason? For a group of selfish and dishonest neighbors. Because let's be clear, that's what this is all about. I watched Leah Oppenheimer stand up at this podium, brag about how well-to-do she is, and complain about housing costs and salamanders, never mentioning that she lives across the street. I watched her husband come into a PTSA meeting under false pretenses and, and pretend to care about the cost of the gym. Been on this board for six years, never saw that guy at a board meeting. I've seen Grover lie to the newspaper and say the project cost $26 million and encourage other people to put up lies on their, on their lawn signs. But I would expect more from our town officials. It's time for a vote on this project. It's time for these two to put down the cocktails and then vote. And if they don't want it, to have the courage to say no. And if they don't do that, I would encourage all the parents and students and teachers and faculty, the next time these two career politicians come knocking on your door and asking for your vote to remember how they gave our kids the shaft. Thanks, Alice. Um, I'm gonna move to the administrative report, which is going to be the principal's report. And I'm gonna start with Mr. Malone. Yeah. Good evening, everyone. From the elementary school, two, two quick items. The first is that on March 23rd and March 24th, we will hold our spring parent-teacher conferences. And these are important days in the school year where family members can meet with our um, teachers and other members of our faculty and discuss the um, growth that the children have demonstrated throughout the year and maybe point out some areas that need a little bit more reinforcement. Um, on both days, we dismiss the children early at 11.15, and information is going going home about that, and that affords the teachers the opportunity to set up the, the conferences, which are being done as we speak. The um, appointment invites have gone out or will be going out in the next few days, so I just encourage families to be on the lookout for that. Last note about conferences, the school offers um, our SHAPE program, extended version because a lot of families are at work on those days when we let out early and that's available to support the children during the days of early dismissal. 
just this afternoon, I happened to send out information to our third, fourth, and fifth grade families about the session three of the before and after school enrichment club that we offer. It's a real popular program at the elementary school offered to boys and girls in grades three, four, and five, running from athletics to arts, music. Uh, we have a sign language club, um, a chess club, photography, a lot, of, a lot of great opportunities for children before or after school to extend their learning. So families um, involved in that be on the lookout for that info and please get that back to us so we can organize those clubs. Thank That's you. it from the elementary school. Um, good evening, everyone. The middle high school is in that weird time between sports seasons and clubs. Um, so it's a little low. This week is pretty busy for us. Um, tomorrow, there's an information meeting for the students that are going on that April 5th to 16th Italy trip, sponsored by the Rouge Trust that Peter Solo is um, spearheading. Then the next evening, March 8th is our National Honor Society induction ceremony. We're excited to have it um, at a for two past two years. We've actually had to push it back because, because of COVID. So we wanted to have everybody outside. This year we're excited to be back in the auditorium. Um, Ms. Kaczurski is very excited for our advisor to put it back in the auditorium. And we're excited to honor those honorees. And then lastly, um, the 9th and 10th, which is this Thursday and Friday. We have parent-teacher conferences. We're doing a hybrid schedule again. So the in-person sessions will be during the day on Thursday where parents can go in. We have a stadium seating style. So you do not, unlike the elementary school where you make appointments, you're able to go visit teachers by department and then we're all in one room. And that will be during the day on Thursday. And then the evening session, which we got great feedback from the parents because then they get to be home. They're gonna be virtual as well as the following day which will be 10.15 on that 10th, between 10.15 and 12.45. The high school musical is going to around the corner. Opening night is March 30th through the April 1st. They're doing Cinderella. They are very excited. Um, so please support our arts program. Any questions? <laughs> Thank you. Um, and Mr. Tordiff, I know we have some exciting news about our varsity basketball boys team. So if you could just let everybody know about that, that would be great. Yep, our boys uh, varsity basketball team playing the regionals this Friday, March 10th at Eastport South Manor. Games at four o'clock. So if you can make it, that'd be great. Uh, tickets are cashless, so they have to be purchased online. You can check out our school athletic website, uh, Instagram, Section 11. Uh, you can even buy them there. They just have to be purchased online. So Friday, 4 o'clock at Eastport South Manor. And who are we buying? We don't know yet. It's going to okay. be the winner of Section 1 versus Section 9. That game is Wednesday night. Okay, great. Good luck to the boys. Anybody have any questions for our administrators tonight? Okay. Um, we have Ms. on our budget presentation. That was from that was from the February thirteenth meeting. <laughs> Let's 
tonight we're going to talk about some changes that we made on our revenue projections, um, tax levy limit since our last meeting um, last month. And then we're going to go through the learning center budget and the elementary school budget. Yep, that looks good. Okay, so let's get started. So the last time we met, um, we did explain to everybody that we're looking right now at a budget to budget increase of 4.75%. We still have some parts of the budget that we're fine tuning. We're, we're reviewing the um, high school, middle school budget, the athletic budgets, also the BOCES budget and the uh, PPS or special education budget. So we're hoping to keep this increase um, stable right now at 4.75, but going forward, it may have to go up based on um, needs of those of those departments. Um, the property tax levy limit uh, is still at 4.16%. And what we did based on feedback from the last meeting was we, we went back and we looked at our uh, calculations and we brought the tax levy increase down to 1.88%. Um, we did explain to everybody that if we did decrease the, the tax levy um, or decrease the tax levy increase, <laughs> Uh, to under 2%, we would have to appropriate more fund balance, which is basically appropriating more year-end surplus. So the difference between the 1.88% and the 2% comes out to $49,600 more in uh, appropriate fund balance going forward. Um, this number, of course, um, also can uh, may change going forward. And um, based on our discussions, we can also go ahead and... Um, revise that until the property tax report credit is actually uh, voted on and approved in April. So the calculation for the tax levy limit, the only changes that we made to this was um, to the line where it says building aid and transportation aid. Um, we received our final numbers and that was originally uh, $15,526. It went down to $13,579. And um, that did reduce the levy limit slightly, but it's still at 4.16%, uh, there was just some decimal that um, got changed. There is the 1.88% we're showing um, down at the bottom next to that. And we're also uh, showing the amount of, uh, the amount of money that uh, is under the limit right now. Um, on March 1st, we were required to submit our tax cap information to the state controller's office. But as I said, this information can be revised up until the property tax report card is adopted. And um, this is all the information that we submitted to the state uh, based on that 1.88%. Um, historically, our levy limits been been up and down based on factors, um, exclusions, um, growth factors, gro levy growth factors, and you can see that we've had years where our levy limit has been very high, even higher than the 4.16, uh, a year where it was 4.7%. And uh, our tax levy increases have always been under the limit. And um, next year, if we do go out with the 1.88%, it will be the largest difference between our uh, levy limit and our actual, which is, uh, it would be under by 2.28%. Um, previous years, we have stayed closer to our limit, but over the 12-year period, we've stayed under the cap consistently. So right here, you'll see the um, 
the increase that we made to the appropriated fund balance. So a month ago, we uh, that number was originally um, $49,600 less. So we just increased that number. We reduced the tax levy number. Um, there weren't any other changes made to any of these other revenue items. The state aid number though, um, this 2.2, uh, nine, not this 2229000 this may or may not change based on the final state budget. Uh, the state budget will be adopted somewhere on or around April 1st, and we will get our final state aid runs uh, right before that date. So that may go up or down. Uh, historically, it hasn't gone up or down um, that much. Last year, we did actually get, um, it was the $125,000 that we got for the um, pre-K program. So this year we'll see whether or not they make any changes to, to that funding going forward. Um, on the bottom here, I just showed you some, um, some of the calculations based on the current levy. So the current levy is $41,333,873. And at 1.88%, we'd be raising additional um, tax levy for next year of just under a million dollars, 777,000. Um, it just shows you the differences at, you know, various percentage increases. Uh, this is the budget for the learning center and the elementary school. So I did send everyone the budget notes on Friday and um, Mr. Malone and his team, they thoughtfully went through every single account code and they adjusted their budget notes. They increased and decreased um, as needed for next year. Um, you can see overall, this is, all, this is not including salaries and benefits, of course. All the salaries and benefits were reviewed during the first budget uh, presentation we had back in January, but this does include everything else that would be um, to keep the programs running. Uh, would be equipment, contractuals, materials and supplies, textbooks. This also includes uh, costs for li the library guidance and also the nurses, uh, the nurses' offices. So every the budget is, is pretty much staying flat. Um, there is an increase of $7,237. Most of that increase is coming from um, a change to some of the textbooks that he's, that he's buying. He is um, actually changing um, his math textbooks and he will be buying a new uh, new series of uh, math textbooks for next year. But other than that, there haven't been any um, any larger increases or significant increases or decreases uh, to the budget. Um, I know that if you did get a chance to look at the notes and if you had any questions, then you'd be able to you know, ask us any questions you may have on those. Um, the additional propositions on the ballot right now, we've been talking about this capital reserve for technology equipment and security system um, upgrades. And this uh, reserve, if we did establish it, uh, the establishment of the reserve would not have an impact at all on the 23-24 uh, school district budget or tax levy. Uh, any, any money that we spend from the reserve would have to be authorized by the voters. Monies going into the reserves would be from end of year budget surplus and or budget appropriations. Um, we also have a proposition that will be on the ballot for the SAG Harbor Historical Museum. And you'll see that um, they're requesting $75,000 a year just, to, uh, just for the general use, maintenance and capital improvement financing of the museum. And the establishment of this reserve fund is gonna have a small impact on the 23-24 tax levy. And we ran some numbers today and um, we found that 
for a house uh, that's valued at about a million dollars, this would cost the average taxpayer about $6.50 a year. So it is a really small $6.50 a year, just to keep, to, to be able to uh, get this funding for the museum. So it is right. a very, very small impact. And at our next meeting, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the tax levy impact. And um, we're gonna let everyone know what that 1.88% um, means in dollars uh, based on current assessed values. We're also gonna go through the middle and high school budgets and the athletic budget. Um, on April 3rd, we'll pretty much finish our budget presentations. We're gonna finish those off with PPS or special, uh, special education department and our BOCES budget. And then from there, we're just gonna be reviewing the entire budget with everyone. Um, the April 3rd date does give us enough time to make changes to our revenue projections based on any additional state aid that may have come in um, at that time. So, there were really no other changes though made this last month to the budget. I think it's awesome. I think it's very good. Appreciate bringing that tax increase down a little bit more. Yes, yeah, yeah. really awesome. I'm really impressed with the inflationary loan. Yes, I mean, we're definitely able to do that just because of, you know, you, you've been managing the reserves and the fund balance um, throughout the past few years, and uh, we're also generating so much other revenue that's coming in, so that's, that's really the reason why we can go ahead and do that. Yeah, I think it's important to point out, and you, she had, you had sent this to the board, that out of the 24 districts, uh, as of March 1st, the 24 districts from maybe Eastport, South Manor, out, our allowable tax cap uh, levy was the third highest out of 24. And the increase that we went out with as of March 1st, which can be adjusted, was the third lowest. Right. I was so, going to mention to make sure you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. So right now, out of, um, out of the East End districts, we are the lowest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So credit to the board, managing fund balance and uh, reserves. And there's always been conversations about like, oh, you're going to have to cut program. This is not without cutting any program, actually adding more enrichment to mm -hmm. our program. So kudos to everybody who crunches those numbers and brings them to us. Because I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions for uh, Jennifer on that? No. no great. Thank you. Great job. Great job. Happy. Okay, um, I'm going to um, take the uh, agenda items and sections. There's a couple of questions on them. So can I please have a motion for agenda item 6.2 through 6.4? So moved. Second. Discussion. And I have a question. So which calendar? Yeah, that's, that's what I just gonna say. That's I'm breaking it up a little bit, guys. <laughs> Which one are we voting on? I know. Yeah. So you guys have to select. Yes. I have a recommendation. Yes, that's, please. That's, that's, that's your recommendation. Uh, yes. Here. I liked uh, Mr. Malone's recommendation, which was uh, not the initial calendar that um, followed the BOCES calendar. Um, but an iteration that had some additional days prior to Christmas break and some additional time uh, after, mm -hmm. uh, allowing families more flexibility, but uh, not taking the entire uh, two weeks off. Is that option C? B? 
That was option B, I believe. Option B has two weeks in Christmas. No, the options aren't on. So, Mary, do do we we can open up the attachment on the computer? Is that right? Yeah, that's what I have open. Yeah, so option C does not have two weeks off in December. I'm looking at six weeks. Yeah, you have to be logged in. I am. Yeah. 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 If we're able to put it up on the big screen. It's under administrative. So option C does not have two weeks off in December, but has um, the 21st, the 22nd, then the 25th and the 29th. It actually does. Well, then it has January 1st through 3rd. So actually it does. Yeah, it's just spread out differently. So Jeff, am I right? The, originally, there was this. The first proposal was just a week. Correct. I agitated about this and asked about two weeks, and this is a compromise. It's not two weeks, but it provides for a longer break with additional days on both on both sides. Is that correct? Is option B okay? Option C. Option C. C. Option C. And then option C, just so we can go over, so it has Good Friday off. But no lot. Easter Monday, but it has the same, all of them have the same spring break, right? right. You know, at the last meeting we had, there were also discussions about snow days. Mr. Malone, if you want to weigh in at all, feel free to. You're the master calendar builder. I appreciate that. I don't have Can I just peek over and miss the I don't have This this affords us two snow days kind of laid out. Yes. Right. And it's noted at the bottom if if they're on June where those would show up like on extended Memorial Day break before the break is spread. And you and you're recommending that as well, Mr. Moore. Yeah, as Mr. Nichols said, you know, and we discussed it at the last meeting, I think this provides families flexibility at that that winter recess. But it also uh, balances that with trying not to put too much burden on, on other families who may not be going away. Yeah. You know, no, the only other point that was brought up just to, for consideration, Ms. Sullivan brought it up. And it, and it could be something you could discuss. The snow day on April 1st. Or, or trying to capture that, that Easter Monday by just taking a bag. All of that would be great. So choose, choose to do that. Just, it just affords again. Either way, it's another option. And so, Easter Monday sometimes falls within the winter break. Sometimes it's, it's nearby. Yeah. For some reason, this year it does not show up on, on most of the calendar that they off. But you're suggesting maybe going back to school on January second instead of third, but taking off April first. Or uh, no, or no. doing one of the snow days yeah. as April first as an option. So, yep, either one. Not sure. Doing the break. Yeah, I didn't. Well, he had mentioned both options. That's why I'm saying either yeah. one. Yeah. So then, instead of April nineteenth being a give back snow day, having it be April first. Yeah, I would not. <clears throat> not that you asked, but I would not like to go with April one because in my time here, very rarely we do have snow days in April. 
very rare, but April 1 being the very beginning of it, there's still a chance. April 19th. Could it be the second hidden snow day? Like, you know, so if we've used it, I guess it'd be better with only one. Yeah. So then April 1st is off the table. So the day after Easter is off the table. Unless we take it off the Christmas tree. Yeah, unless you take it off the Christmas tree. Yeah, that would be the, that would be the only option. Right. Right now, if we don't take it off, right? So right now we have a full 10 day, oh, we have nine days off for Christmas break. I'm I'm fine with either way. So I could, I'm happy to support option C. I, I personally would like to see a two week break, but I think this is a good compromise. Yeah, and, and that defer to Mr. Malone's expertise in the area. So I'm, I'm happy to support that option C. Okay, so six four is for option C. Is there any other discussion on that? No, I'm going to see. I agree with it. I like some right. As morning, Mary, do you have that? You know, it's on for the state for the state of one. I'm going to call. You're going to open the voting, but it's going to be for sale. And just because I can't open this up, like option C is the. <laughs> it's usually on computers. Okay, I like it. I support C. Okay, so uh, we've made a motion. We have a second for 6.1 through 6.4, option C. Discussion is finished. So Mary, could you open up the voting, please? So the way I have it set up as the consent agenda, it goes from 6.2 through. Okay, so we'll manually The vote. last item, okay. so we can do manual. Okay, great. All right. Aye. 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 Okay. Aye. Okay. All right, and then that's unanimous. Okay. Yes, okay, that's great. unanimous. Thank you. Um, okay, now we're going to go to 6.5. Can I have a motion, please? So moved. Second. Okay. Discussion? I did that for you. You did that for me? Yes, I did. Well, I, I had some concerns about voting on the nomination side because I don't know Anne. <laughs> I don't know anything about her. I'm sure she's wonderful and she seems like she's very well qualified, but I would like to know more before casting, at least casting my vote. Um, so that's where I think. Right. Yes, I understand that. Jeff and I had actually spoke about this before the meeting, and I think it's just the way Mary can, can because you were at Southampton prior, BOCES vote, people who, who run for BOCES positions don't ever have, or have never in my career come before the board or spoken to us or what have you. It's just kind of something that happens and we vote. I can personally speak for Ann McAsee because I she spent more years on the board than even I have. Um, and when she left, she went to the BOCES board and just keeps going higher up because of her love of education children. So I can speak personally for her. I understand that you, you can't, but I can only tell you that I would highly recommend Ann McAsee for any position that has to do with any children and all of Suffolk County. Sure. So, but, but I said so, her qualifications are. Yeah. I know. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know, and I don't know anything about it. When Sandy and I had spoken earlier today, I had said to her, "It's always just appeared on the agenda." But if I'm sitting in Ron Reed's position, mm -hmm. I think it's actually a reasonable question to ask. Um, because you're asked, you're being asked yeah. to weigh in on something, yep. and you don't really know much. So I thought it was reasonable. Yeah. And there's six-year terms, so I think. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many people on this board actually. Yeah. Right. 
I thought it was a really good question, Ron. Yeah, it is. Um, well, I guess that's one question um, is like I and I trust your judgment on that. Um, but if would it be possible since you know her, could you maybe introduce her to us? Sure, she's. I'm that? sure she's more than happy to. Have it would be good question. to know kind of like what what are yeah. all the Posey's agenda that yeah. she's what exactly she what, does. You know, yeah, yeah, I can absolutely. Yeah. Mary and I can arrange that. Did the Posey's candidates get nominated by multiple districts? Yeah, that's, that's going to be coming up in May. That's a special meeting that we'll have to have, and that's kind of like you get your recommendation from Anna Mac to see on who she thinks is the best. So that's another. It's a whole nother. Back to the first. want to say yeah. So, but I think bringing Anne since she does represent Eastern Suffolk and definitely say Crawford. I mean, her kids went here and. Um, from here, so I think that would be a good thing. Either way, I would love to hear yeah. from her on her point of view on where education in Suffolk County is going. Great, and her experiences and all that. Yeah, sure. love it. Good to do that. Sure. So after we all the schools nominate, then it goes back to BOCE, and then you'll see the person that wants to run again and sees that they've been nominated by their district. Then the letters will come out. So you won't just get Anne's letter. You'll, you'll get other board yeah. members that are running the other five or six but, of yeah. them. Yeah. And this process only happens once every six years. And I have to read up on it too. Okay. When <laughs> I gotta do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So um, um I, I you I don't think you can table it because this is the time. This is the time staying at her letter has to go in. from voting. Yeah. yeah, I was You absolutely can abstain. Uh, you can abstain for two reasons. One, that you relate to somebody, you don't feel like you have enough information. Obviously, you feel like you you uh, don't. But it is a it, the, the letter does have to get to both seats to go amongst the others. So, okay, I wouldn't recommend tabling it. I, uh, I think Ron's question is very good. One. I never thought to ask it before, but it's right. But I don't I feel like Sandy knows her. That's good enough for me. So, I'll, I'll support it. I was on the board with her for eight years. So, she's really. She's also, I don't know what would happen if we tabled it because I have to turn this paperwork into both seats. Yeah. And if we don't nominate Anne, then she won't be in the running. Yeah. Right. I do. Yeah, I agree. Well, that was my other question. I wasn't sure. It, it just is. showed up on the agenda. So I wasn't sure, like, if there was a time constraint, we could move it to the next meeting. But it sounds like there's. 20, there I think it has to be in by uh, Friday the 17th. And our next board meeting is March 20th. Okay. Sounds like we seconded it, so we just need to vote. Yeah, we need to vote. Okay. I'm a yes. Yes. Okay, it passes. Yeah. And then uh Mary, if you could just um reach out to Anne and see if maybe we could get her to come in and have a conversation with us and explain the whole process process. That would yeah. be great. I'm sure she'd be happy to she would love to do that. Yeah. Okay, um, I'm gonna take a motion for items um seven point one through. 9.8. So moved. Second. Discussion. Okay. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Aye. Abstaining? Unanimous. What did you say? I said vote for. Oh, okay. Thank you. So I, we just went through. Just, yeah, yeah, so I think we should take this opportunity to recognize um, our new middle school assistant principal, uh, Stacy Van Duzer, who's sitting in the back. Stacy, would you stand up a little bit?
So Stacy uh, went through several rounds of interviews, and uh, most recently last week, interviewed with uh, several board of education members, myself and Ms. Carriero. And she comes to us from the Greenport schools um, with, a, with a background in uh, elementary education, some middle school education, and a lot of uh, experience in instructional coaching. And I think she's going to be a great uh, addition to our administrative staff. And we're really looking forward to having you again. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. We're so happy to have you. Yeah, very happy. She's definitely, I think we must have interviewed probably 12 candidates. And she just was a shining star who stood out. And we're just really excited to have her come on staff and be able to recommend her 100%. So welcome to our district. Thank you. Um, that concludes our resol uh, resolutions. Um, committee reports. So we have a policy committee report this evening. Uh, um, oh, Mike's not here tonight. Okay. Um, Wall of Honor Committee, which Brian and I can do, which is so exciting. We get Good evening, I'm Brian Cardiff, Athletic Director at Pearson. Um, we are very excited to announce that we finally have our plaques ordered. Uh, it's been a lot of years going, so I've heard. Um, so we're really happy about that. I know he's not here and I know he's not on the Wall of Honor Committee anymore, but uh, Mr. Guyan did help us a lot with that. Um, so I just wanna make sure his efforts are acknowledged. Uh, we also had came up with an idea to come up with like a QR code to go below our plaques because we think the people who are uh, going up on these plaques, we want the whole story to be told. So kind of an opportunity if people go up, they see the plaque, they can scan the QR code on their phone and it kind of comes up with a whole bio on them. Uh, at our last meeting, we created a new nomination form. So we're starting the new round of nominations hoping to get it, get that out in the next couple months. Uh, we're gonna use Parent Square, the school website, local papers, WLNG. We're trying to have uh, as many people as possible nominate uh, people from the public or uh, we're thinking maybe homecoming of 2023 for when our next nominees will be inducted. Uh, trying to get wooden pillars put up on the sides of our wall of honor. Um, and then for our next meeting, we're hoping to have the plaques finalized so that people who nominate somebody else can kind of see the finished product of, of what it looks like. And our next meeting is scheduled for Wednesday, April 19th. Thank you. Can I, can I ask some questions? Sure. Just for follow up, not for answer. We used to have these banners in the I've asked a lot of people about that. They're old. I don't know what happened to They were really nice. Like one of them was from like the 1940s. I'm still in the works on that. I think I've been asking around. Someone wanted to consolidate them or something. It's just, I don't know. It's a nice thing. I, I'd like to find them. I, I don't know exactly where they are. Um, I've been I've been asking around on that though. Okay. That Thank is the yeah. 78 state championship banner. It's never gone up. Nice yeah, that one we need. Yes. Thank Basketball you, Brian, for all your work. I have to say, I've been. I've been on this committee since the beginning. So this is really exciting to actually see it come to fruition and um, be able to actually have more, more people invited into it next year. It's very exciting. I like the QR code idea. Yeah, was that great? Wasn't my idea, Karen Schroeder. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
Um, items for discussion. Does anybody have any items for discussion? Um, I do. So we've been getting several letters about sidewalk issues and people walking and construction zones and what have you. And I, I mean, I haven't really answered them because I've been going to everybody. And I just think that we need to, we need to, to really zone in on that because it is dangerous, especially when you have the sixth graders trying to walk home and it's in the middle of a construction zone. So um, I don't know if Jeff you want it to be me or you or Ron, who's our village uh, liaison, but to really start to put a uh, pressure because it is very dangerous and there's several constructions going on around the school. I mean, I'm sure it's, you know, time, you know, bigger than that also, but I think it's time that, you know, we, we, we start to right. make some noise. Right. It's a, uh... I think it's a, it's an important issue that needs to be resolved. You know, from uh, speaking with a couple members of trustees in the, in the village that they're on board with this. Okay. So I would like, hopefully, we can set up some kind of a joint partnership with the school and the village and the police solving some of these issues. Okay. Um, we'll figure that out from there with funding mechanisms or whatever it is to get these. You know, I, I think our first action is the ones that are under construction, like that yeah. those trucks have got to be moved to areas where kids can walk. But there's yeah. that, yeah. And then uh, I know personally because I walked with my son a number of days a week to school. Yeah. And we walk past that same area on division. And it's not just the trucks, it's really that there's nowhere to get off the road. Okay. So you're walking in the road right. with all this traffic going right. on. So. Well, I'd be more than happy to go onto a committee with you to uh, to work on that. Where, where would that typically get managed? That should be under. Well, it's the village. The village. It's village property, so yeah. the village like was a big the, the lead on right. on uh, right. placing signs on on on, on uh, village we'll property. Check it out. Alex finished the calendar committee. He could probably so. help me too. <laughs> I have a conflict. Okay. All right. Well, I just think it's just something that you know. It's important. Some of it's state roads because we looked yeah. at it at one time before, like yeah, the, the main issue seems so. to be just right in here. Yeah. This corridor. Yeah, right I think it's there. I think it's yeah. Are you talking about like the public works projects that are going on or the actual like, no, the no, construction no, side of the house kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. there's there's a lot of public works, works. You can't yeah, do anything about that. That's why you Madison work for PSC and G is that's not that's not as much of an issue. It's further down. Yeah. Okay, I just want to Put it out there. That yeah, I'm not going to no. belabor my opinion on which. I know, I know. I, I'm not asking. I understand. I think we should just, <laughs> yeah. you know, put our put our resources yeah. instead. I think we get to start. At least we start a conversation jointly with the village. I agree. Okay, good. I'm in on that one. I don't have a conflict. Um, okay. Any other items for discussion? I have both. Yes, Mary. Hold on. His comments. Hold on. Ahead, I'd like to talk about the upcoming budget. Oh, there you go. Um, Tuesday, May 16th. So it's the third Tuesday in May for the budget vote and election for schools. Schools open at 7 a.m., close at 9 p.m. in Pearson High School gym. We have three open seats beginning July 1st. Um, those seats that are up for term are Brian DeSessa, Alex Kreisman, and Sandy Cruel. March 16th, the petitions nominating the candidates become available and they're available in my office and also on the school's website. 
there are qualifications for being a board member and they are also on the, web, on the website. April 17th is the deadline for those petitions nominating candidates to me by 5 p.m. on April 17th. Between April 17th and May 11th is voter registration for those people who are not registered to vote. In other words, they have never voted in a general election, a school election, they would come to me. They could also see uh, the substitute district clerk, Vicki Lawrence, in the learning center. April 17th, the absentee ballots become available. The applications must be filled out first. They are obtainable in, um, by person. They could come see me or the substitute district clerk by mail. Um, they're also on the school's website. April 20th, 5 p.m. is the deadline for military voters to register to vote and also have their application in. April 21st, is the deadline for the military to have everything in. April, uh, May 16th, the absentee ballots are due to me no later than 5 p.m. on that day. And the following is posted to the school's website, absent, absentee um, ballot application, board candidates, budget information for the public, military voters, poll watcher information, and voter registration. Great. I know that Mary is meticulous at that, so thank you. You're welcome. So are there any other items for discussion? Um, so I just had a couple of follow-on comments on the kind of process and the system. And I obviously can't talk for people, but I've you know, had a lot of people, and I think we all have had a lot of people approach us since this Southampton meeting. Um, I also, understand the Southampton Town Board had been difficult for them to vote in the face of what was a very organized opposition, including paid consultants and a packed room. And so I think that was a tough position for them to be in. So I, you know, have empathy for that and I understand that. Um, you know, having said that, it might be more to do with the system itself, right? A lot of people who've approached me personally felt that they had cast their vote. They felt that that was the democratic process. They didn't understand that a public forum in a small room with a small amount of people could really be so influential. And so I think there was a bit of a misunderstanding in the community and that's you know, evoked a lot of anger since then, because I think that was literally just people didn't know. They thought they had voted. They knew there would be another vote at the bond. So it's not like the school can run off and spend whatever they want. It's not like we can not perform the appropriate secret reports. All of that has to happen ahead of a bond vote. So all of the pieces that come up as information is missing, we're concerned about this, we're concerned about that, they'll get systematically addressed and the Southampton Town Engineer signs off on all of those things. So the school can't go rogue, it can't do anything. It's all a process. And then there's a vote at the end. And that's the vote I think most people thought they would be part of. And that's the true democratic process, right? That's where a whole community can weigh in. A whole community can't fit in a room that holds 60 people. And a lot of the community didn't even understand that that was the case. So I understand the town board's position. I would like them to also recognize that a lot of people just didn't get that that's the process. And there's a lot of frustration and anger from what I hear from individual people because of that. And hopefully that's something that can get addressed on a wider basis and more voices can be heard 
and it can be understood on both sides, both from the opponent side, turf is off the table, that is done. The process of secret reports will be fully followed and no money will be spent until a bond vote happens, which includes the entire community. So that addresses a lot of the concerns. And then I think from the other side, people are very angry that this was kind of, this happened and suddenly there was no vote. I think a better understanding in the community that the CPF process worked very differently than a broader democratic vote in the community. And so I just wanted to say that. Great, thanks. Okay, great. Okay, I'm gonna open up to uh, public input uh, number two. Uh, same rules for public input number one, apply. And again, um, you address, um, myself. So is there anybody for public input number two at this point? Please come to the podium and write your name. Anybody online? No? Okay. Um, may I have a motion to convene to executive session to discuss uh, contracts and litigation? So moved. Second. Um, uh, Mary, I didn't know if Mary was going to open up or we're going to go. I am. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> and we will be going into executive session and we're just coming out to close the regular meeting. There'll be no action taken. Thank you. Yeah. To view the video recording of this meeting and any presentations referenced, visit sagharborschools.org. Copyright 2023, Sag Harbor Schools, all rights reserved.